0: And some dry white toast, please. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Requiem for a Tuesday. It is me, the one, the only, the perpetually lonely, customer services resident bad boy himself, Adam Pecora here. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> How the hell are you? We got a lot to get into today. So let me plug it away. Look at these rhymes. I'm like fucking skinny big pun over here. (laughs) All right. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. Please and thank you. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it. We're on it. Give a listen. Give a like. Give a shout out. Goes a long way. Uh, you can get the merch for the podcast at rfat.bigcartel.com. That's r f a t. Got some goodies on there. You can check out my music solo Wolf X streaming everywhere, Bandcamp. Also, you know, but Apple Spotify, it's all there. The band Multiplex, listen to Google, great record, undervalued. You know. It's like something I talk about on here. Like, you got to see this. You got to listen to that record. Go give it a shot. It's uh, fuzzy. Leave your brain on fire. Light your brain on fire. Shout out, Fed Smoker. Um, <laughs> What else do we got? Check out Microwave Minutes, Justice's show. He's plugging away at that. I believe the season is over. Another one will be coming eventually. And uh, I think that's it. You can follow me on Instagram at Adam.RFAT. Please and thank you again. I know you, I mean, you know, (laughs) who wants to do that? Anyway, so there was no episode last week. Went to Bears training camp for the first time in my life. Bit of a mixed bag on how I feel about it. I mean, it was cool overall it's just when you look around you know you the grass is always greener you can look at other training camps and be like ooh wouldn't that be much better anyway for those who don't know the chicago bears are headquartered in lake forest illinois where is that you may be asking well let me tell you not close all right it is very far north Of the city. It's like halfway between Evanston and Wisconsin. (laughs) I mean it's up there. Probably not that far. I didn't look into it that heavily. But. You also cannot go directly to the training camp. You have to go to the Vernon Hills Mall. Now the facility itself kind of close to like a train station to where you could theoretically get there and get in and it wouldn't be that terrible. There's zero ways to get to the Vernon Hills mall other than taking like multiple long distance. I mean, long distance, but like buses, but not a city bus. You know, you're going through like towns and, That's like a three-hour trip. You got to be there at 9 a.m. Doesn't really make any sense. My point is, not friendly for people who actually live in the city that don't own cars, which is many. But also somehow not that many because it seems like every motherfucker has three and there's nowhere to put them. Anyway, so you make your way to Vernon Hills Mall. They're like, there'll be signs telling you where to go and buses will pick you up. There's no signs anywhere. Uh... (laughs) We find it. Now, this is where it starts to take a turn for the positive. These buses are beyond buses. These are party-level buses. They're ran by a limousine company. We're talking leather seats, TVs, heavy speakers, uh, air blowing on you, lights. It's like a first-class plane section, but it's a bus. So that was fun. Then you get there, you walk through, like, they have, like, a huge campus, which was expected. And it's all pretty closed off. You can't really walk around. can't really see much. Uh, the fans set up pretty lazy. They just, like, set up some tents along the way, and they they weren't really, like, staffed or anything. It was kind of lackluster for, like, an NFL team. You know? It was, like, high-quality... For a Division Two football thing in college, like way off the level I was expecting, and the practice setup. So they have two fields. They have the indoor field, which honestly, the viewed practices should just be in the indoor field. I think that would be sick, but I don't really know what the seating thing is like for that. Uh, side note. I've always thought that if you're going to do like a minor league football thing, why wouldn't you just build one of those indoor practice things, you know, structure it better? I don't know, whatever. It seems like they last. Uh, And just put in like five to ten thousand seats in like bleachers, you know, I mean, you could do a higher quality seating thing if you wanted. But point is, seems like a cheap and easy way to get yourself a quote unquote football stadium. You know, especially if you're like a a small time college program, you want a dome, build one of those, throw some seats in there. It doesn't seem like it would cost that much crazier. So just a thought. Uh, But the bleachers for the outdoor fields, they're set up normally on these two fields right by the actual headquarter building. But we weren't over there. There's two other fields far by the indoor field. And those seats are lined up at, there's one at one end zone of one field, one at one end zone of another field, and then one on the sideline of the further field. But they do their practices on the field opposite of that. So if you're sitting there, you can't see shit. If you're sitting at the end zone one, that one's great. And then there's one like angled next to that, which is where I was at. So you can kind of see pretty well. My point is, why are they not why are they not just on the sidelines? I mean, what are we talking about here? It's literally an open field in the middle of a forest. It's called Lake Forest for a reason. There's fucking trees everywhere. You're trying to tell me we couldn't have just spaced this out so there could be bleachers along the sides? Of each thing now I get it the players need to cross and go back and forth and stuff like that There's plenty of ways that you could rope this off to where people aren't bothering them That's my biggest pet peeve It's just like if you're gonna invite people to this and you have to go way out of your way I had to go on a Monday because they fucking they, I got weekend tickets and then they told me no fuck you that was a glitch It's like okay so I'll take a day off of work to come do this and then there's just not adequate seating. So that was frustrating. I will say the team looked great. Chicago Bears preview will be at the end of this episode. They looked great. So I'll just leave it at that. A wild gesture, gesture, a wild endeavor getting back. We took a bus from Vernon Hills to Niles, which is far, and then from Niles to Chicago, which is not that far technically, but to do it on a bus, pretty wild, but they have these, like, express buses that only stop at basically, like, the equivalent of, like, a train station, they'll only stop, like, every 20 stops for a bus, so good stuff, Point is took like two and a half hours to get back. Stopped at a bunch of malls. All these—that's what it is. The bus system in the suburbs is just connecting malls to other malls. Because when I was working in Schomburg, Illinois, same thing. Where did the bus go? To the mall. Anyway, I'm a mall man. Good stuff. That's why there was no episode. Got some everlasting memories. <laughs> What an experience. Uh, Roquan Smith was there, saw him, he smiled and waved, seemed to be in good spirits. Uh, we'll get into him when we get to the season preview at the end of the episode, but I figured I'd break it up a little bit. So anyway, there will be no foreseeable breaks in episodes going forward, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. On to a more pressing issue. So today was supposed to be the day. It was supposed to be. I was going to come in here. I was going to do an hour plus. Do Better Call Saul season six. The final season. A momentous event for an excellent, excellent series. That I would say overall front to back on average is better than Breaking Bad, which you just didn't think was possible. It's almost like I hope Vince Gilligan can do another show completely outside of this and he's just this masterful. I don't know. But I mean, it's just been excellent. I've been dying to watch season six. Uh, I guess I boofed. In one sense. So I will blame myself, but then I'll get into the snafu right after. The first half was available to watch on AMC+. Plus. All I had to do was get the trial then and then pay for another, like cancel it, and then pay for a month. Now would have been the thing to do. Okay? But I'm a practical man, shorty. And I got fucked. And this is officially... We're reaching a point here where streaming has gotten completely off the rails. I mean, it's been that way ever since every single place started popping it up. But, but this is insanity, okay? So they released season six in two parts. The first part is gone from everywhere. You can't watch it on Anything unless you buy each individual episode on Amazon, they're three dollars a piece. I think it's eight episodes, seven or eight. Uh, sorry, what are we talking about here? I'm not spending 25 bucks, whatever it would come out to, to watch this shit. It just doesn't make any sense. So I'm like, okay. I know it's not on Netflix. They only dropped the full season like a year later. It's not on Hulu. There's no deal. So, okay, AMC Plus, this was always the plan. I'll get a trial week. I'll binge the whole thing. will be gravy. Wrong. They're gone. They're just not on there. You can watch episodes 8 through 13 or, again, whatever the numbers are. And that's it. And then you Google it and a bunch of articles like these people do zero research into this stuff. It's unbelievable how you can just publish things with completely incorrect information. But there's multiple sites that are like, yeah, just sign up for AMC Plus. You can watch all of them. First of all, why the fuck is there an AMC Plus? All of their best shows are on other services. Breaking Bad, you can watch. That's really it anyway. But if you like The Walking Dead, if you're a fucking loser, I'm sure you can watch that somewhere too. You know, Mad Men, I guess, is the other one. But, like, who just loves AMC so much? It's like 7 $8 a month, too. It's not, like, affordable. I mean, I suppose that's very affordable, like, technically, in the grand scheme of what costs things. But, I mean, Apple's $5 a month. They have more shit already. You know, they're not licensing stuff, which I'm sure AMC is. The point is, it's your show. Why is it not available? How do you not have the rights to your own show? Like, where is it? Why is it unavailable? It's the biggest thing you have going on right now, and you have it completely inaccessible for people to watch. I mean... Again, the only counter argument you can make is should have watched the first half when it came out. But why the fuck would it disappear when the whole thing's over? I could maybe see, oh, we don't want people to catch up. And like get a free trial and get away with the whole thing. So maybe we'll wait. So I'm going to check back. But I mean, now that it's over, it shouldn't matter. I've been avoiding spoilers left and right, things are popping up, and I know, as time goes on, there's there's no way I can avoid it, because it's going to become a not-spoiler scenario, because it's my fault for having not seen it. So what the fuck is this? You feel me, bro? <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Would I have to go through? <laughs> Maybe I should go on CNN and talk about my struggle. <sighs> but you know what I mean? It's just like, this is the premier marquee show. It is ending. This is, like, sure, it doesn't have the national fanfare that Breaking Bad ended up having by the end, which I think is criminal because, again, the quality of this show from front to back, it goes on the same arc. Like, the first season compared to the fifth season is dog shit. And that's how Breaking Bad was too. But the first season of Better Call Saul, compared to the first season of Breaking Bad, it's way better. So it it has a higher floor, and not that much lower of a ceiling. You know, it's there's just not a there's not as much killing, there's not as much action and violence and excitement and like stakes, in the same way. But the quality. <sighs> right there and I just want to I just want to watch it so bad and it's just like why would you make it you know I i know I'm just repeating myself over and over again talking in circles here but I cannot emphasize enough like why would you just not want people to see the show that just ended you know Especially, like I just said, if it's not as popular as Breaking Bad. So the ratings aren't getting you by that much. The ratings were have never been high for that show. So, I mean, AMC, get your shit together. But honestly, all these fucking services, it, co- it would cost more than cable to get the, f- like, seven. There's not seven major ones, I would say. It's like, the whole point of this was to make it easy. And now it's just diverting backwards. And then there's going to be a plan. That's where it's going to end up. Down the line. There's going to be this plan. Where they all sign this agreement or whatever. Maybe Disney, Hulu, ESPN don't do that. Because they got their own good thing going. They were smart. I mean Disney just knew what to do. But I think there's going to be a thing where it's like Netflix, HBO, Paramount, Peacock. Blah, blah, blah. You can get them all for $45.99 a month. And people are like, you're paying for all these individually? And it's like, no. No. This is the opposite of what was supposed to happen. But that's all they tell you. They're like, sign in with your cable subscription. It's like, bitch. If I had a cable subscription... I wouldn't be Googling how to watch it. You know? Anyway. Fuck AMC. God damn it. Okay. Next up on the docket. Something that seems to have been trending. Making little waves here. The Manti Teo. Untold. Documentary. Um, I haven't watched a bunch of these. I watched the hockey one. That was pretty good. Uh, the, basically, what I'm gathering is untold is Netflix's 30 for 30. And in the same vein, there are ones that are more serious, more focused, uh, longer. You know, they just put more into certain ones. Some of them are more lighthearted, more funny, and shorter. Right, like they're fitting into the same mold. So like the hockey one, it's kind of like the Reggie Miller 30 for 30. It's like, oh, look at this. Wasn't this wild? Wasn't that fun? Have a good time, you know? And the Manti Teo doc is kind of like, hmm, what's a good comparison? Uh, Let's say the Michael Vick episode where it's like first of all here's multiple parts we're gonna look at this from all angles we're gonna be unbiased and we're gonna present both sides of the story you know i guess that just works better with a crime thing not that this was necessarily a crime this man thing although it should have been I mean, I I found this to be a mostly very frustrating watch. And I, I guess let's just get that off, off the bat. So, the person who catfished Manti Teo was a man at the time. And has since transitioned and is now a woman operation i don't know so jury's still out on that one we don't know we don't know what they're packing uh (laughs) anyway they put a disclaimer at the beginning of each there's two episodes of each episode it's like hey when we filmed all these other parts we didn't know this dude was a lady Fair enough. So it's always referred to as a dude, it. <laughs> Look at me being sensitive. I don't give a fuck. And that's my point. I do not give a fuck about what this person wants to be called, what they think in general, uh, what their experience was like. I mean, it's good to get that side of it because that's interesting. But my point overall is they go so far... To let this person act like they're just a part of the story. Here's the thing. I understand why you would film all these interviews and, you know, give them the full range of everything you would want to know and you can ask any question you want and it's like oh get them comfortable let them talk about themselves and all this stuff so you can get the material that you need for this documentary my issue is that what was included in this doc is fucking insane because the documentary is about how this ruined Manti Teo's life And they're just this person's like, oh, I feel great now. I just always wanted to be a woman. You know, I was trapped in this body. And that's part of the reason why I needed to do this. Like, here's my journey. This is my story. And they're like showing them like get in like hula outfits and dancing. And they're like, oh, I learned a lot from this. Blah, blah, blah. Talking about how when Manti was on Dr. Phil he played the voicemail and they're like oh I can't believe Manti did that now I gotta explain the voice it's like bitch who gives a fuck about how you feel about any of this yeah you gotta explain it you gotta explain a lot of fucking things this man's life was ruined by this to which I'll go into more detail (laughs) Basically my point overall is is That because this person became trans And that's what's a thing To praise Currently That they had to get praised You don't have to get praised You're still a giant piece of shit Man, woman, gargoyle I don't care (laughs) You know It's like if Man Teo became trans We should be praising it like crazy The issue is not the trans thing I want to make that clear The issue is that I don't give a fuck what you had to go through, whatever. That would suck if you didn't also destroy someone's life, you know? And there's a bunch of times throughout this entire documentary where they're like, oh, I just couldn't end it. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I gave her leukemia. And then instead of just like breaking up with Manti, I decided to kill her. I just couldn't break up with him. It just made more sense. I thought he would just get over it and not say anything. And he'd be like, okay. And it's like, no, that's called ghosting. So just ghost him. And then she's like, well, I needed to like kill. What's her name? Lani. I don't remember the name of the fake girlfriend, but she's like, I just had to kill her for me. It's like none of this is about you. And the fact that that's your reasoning is all the more reasoning why we shouldn't care about anything you have to say about yourself do you know what i mean like you wanted to metaphorically kill a fake person sounds like you already did just delete the profile delete the delete his phone number delete the twitter account now she's dead because she was never real so to fake kill a person is crazy and to be like well that's just what i felt was right It's like the whole thing is the person's just like, yeah, at the time I was basically pretty insane. You know, she's always like, well, what I was thinking at the time, what I was going through, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all you're saying is that you were crazy. And so now it's fine. Because now you're not crazy because you got to be trans. And it's like, well, none of this has anything to do with him. Like, it's all incredibly selfish the entire time. And you can be like, oh, Adam, you're so insensitive. And it's like, I'm not, because I love Manti Teo. I loved him so much. Big Notre Dame guy. I I, I always went, I went Notre Dame over fucking Northwestern when I grew up. Those are really your two options in Chicago wisconsin i guess maybe but come on and those golden domes baby they just drew me right in and this is the first year that notre dame is good basically my conscious life like after the brady quinn era happened it got pretty rough and I was, like, on the tail end of that. I remember very much rooting for Brady Quinn. They got killed in the Sugar Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl, whichever one. And then there was the Jimmy Clawson era, which didn't go great. I could be mixing up sometimes. But anyway, there were some rough seasons in there. All of a sudden, they're great. I remember them talking talking about him as a freshman when he got limited playing time, which they show in the show, and it was just like, damn, this kid is good. Like, you just watched him play at another level for, you know, a third of the snaps in a game, and then the next year, same thing. And then he comes back for his senior year, and he's just as great the entire time playing a full game. He's unbelievable. I thought he should have won the Heisman. I will say... I guess it just got lost in my memory of this whole thing. I don't remember it being such a big story. Like, I remember when the hoax story came out being like, whoa, all of this is crazy and all of it was new to me. I didn't remember all the national media attention towards him losing his grandmother and his girlfriend. Like, I don't know how that happened, but I somehow blacked all that out or avoided all of it. Um, But basically, if you're not going to watch the doc, his grandmother dies. So he's in a bad mood. And his virtual girlfriend, you know, they're not really talking. He's the big man on campus. She's fed up. Boom, that's when she decides to kill the girl. Has no idea that his grandmother died. That very same morning. Completely breaks the guy. Would it not? For you as well? And that's another thing. This bitch don't care that his grandma died. This bitch don't care about anything but this bitch. And so what's he to do? He has to tell people. Now look. He even goes over all the red flags. Now, there's a few glaring ones that I will say, you know, maybe you could have done a little more, Manti. But overall, I'm like like 95% on his side through this entire thing. First thing, how do you not know you're talking on the phone? That voice, I would never know, 100%. Well, like... Why didn't you confirm you knew this person? The accounts were so impeccably thought out. Like, oh, there's an entire family network. I'm also going to befriend on the internet all of Manti's family. I'll chat with them a little bit every now and then. And boom, oh, do you know this girl? Yeah, I know her. We talk a little bit, but, you know. And he's like, oh, all right, cool. Just making sure. And that's it. Because realistically, this happened to me. You get a text from some number, right? You text the group chat. Your boys, hey, anybody know this number? They're like, oh, yeah, that's this person. You're like, word. Confirmed. You believe it? Because why wouldn't you? Those are your boys. They checked. You're good. Same thing happened to him. He's like, you know this girl? They're like, yeah. All right. You don't think anything of it. You know, after the fact, hindsight's 2020, 20, of course you're like, "Well, why weren't you like reverse Google searching these images, blah blah blah?" It it just wasn't a thought. And this was pre-catfishing the show. The movie may have been out. I didn't hear about the movie till the show came out. Regardless, this guy is a student-athlete at Notre Dame. You got to go to class there. He's a busy man. He's also a confident man. So he's not worrying about all this shit. Not thinking about all this shit. Now, I will say the biggest argument against this whole thing is simply you're the highest touted defensive player in the entire country in college like why would you even be in an online relationship and again they break the whole thing down it started as a little chit chat ended up growing over time because of how strategically this bitch was catfishing this guy and then it all just kind of happened and you know the same red flag excuse why can't you do facetime this 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 Personally, I'd be like, well, this is dumb. I just don't want to do this. You know? I mean, throughout my life, there are people who just like wanna text all the time but don't want to hang out, but you live in the same town. I'm like, I- I'm just not gonna do this anymore. You know, I don't I am I guess lucky in that I find like zero gratification in a pen pal you know yeah especially from scratch like it's different if somebody moves or somebody's like oh i'm gonna be here for the summer i'm on a long vacation i'm gonna live with my family for a few months whatever the case may be that's different that's just staying in touch but to meet someone online, never meet them in person, and just constantly talk to them? To me, I, I mean, I'd call it trust issues, but I just don't believe that someone that would do that has good intentions, period. That could be a whole other thing. I I just really don't understand why you're at that level. Look, and this is a thing that every regular guy would say. If I'm in that position, I'm just crushing broads <laughs> left and right. But you wouldn't because all of those people would be after something. It's the same reason why all of these athletes well, one. They're typically very religious, or at least they say they are these high profile guys. So that's a factor, but they're always, oh We met freshman year of college. We met in high school. She's from my hometown. We met blah, blah, blah. They stay with the long haul people because, hey, you knew me before I had all this. So even if the only reason you're with me is because of the athletics, at least I can trust that you know me when I was broke. And, I mean, people don't say this because it's like their wives, but that's got to be a factor. You know what I mean? Like, how could you just be like, yeah, I got $60 million guaranteed money, but she likes me for me, you know? It's just a tricky situation that these kids have to go through. And, I mean, I feel really bad for him. At the time, sure, I was like, this fucking loser. Are you kidding me? But that's because not all the details were there. And that's another thing I need to get into. Okay, they bring in the Deadspin guys who broke the story. And they're basically like, Manti didn't call us back for comment, so we're just going to publish it. And they keep saying, like... We just have to try to get the rest of the details we need and then it'll be ready to go. It's like, okay. And then they're like, well, we didn't hear back in time, so we got to publish this before somebody else does. And it's like, hold on. So you're going to publish it even though you didn't do all all the research just so you could be first. So it's not done, but you're going to put it up. And they expressed remorse because it somehow turned into the conversation where, like, is he just gay? (laughs) And all this was because he was gay? And they're like, well, we didn't say anything about that. We didn't expect that, blah, blah, blah. But regardless, they assumed that he was involved. And so that, that let the perception of that grow and grow. And that's not fair because he wasn't involved. He didn't set any of this up. It also totally overshadowed the fact that his grandmother actually did die and was a real person. And now he just doesn't know what's going on. And then, boom, she calls and does the voice again and is like, actually, I'm not dead. And he's like, fuck you. Send a picture, right? this bitch hits up the girl who she stole the pictures from and somehow gets her to take a photo with a pose and, like, the date and initials written on it. And so he's like, this has never been more real. She never sends pictures because she doesn't have any pictures. Now, all of a sudden, she's sending a selfie with, you know, a pose and the date and all this shit. And so, in the end... It actually became more real than ever before. And so what the fuck is he supposed to do? And so, and it's all happening at his biggest moments. That's the other thing. No matter what this fucking loser was going through, what about what he's going through? I mean, he's in the national spot. Like, let him finish the season. You know what I mean? It's just like to just sit in your room in the dark and completely manipulate someone else's life and be like, what about me? It's like, no, that's a real person with real goals who's accomplishing real things for their family who has like no money, effectively. You know, I don't don't know their finances. You know what I mean? They're pursuing their dream. They're at the highest level of anything you could ever possibly achieve as a human being on earth. And you're like, but, you know, why don't people care about what's going on with me? You know? Fuck you. It just drives me insane. And then he talks about sliding in the draft and how that was really hard for him, which he would not have slid in the draft. He would have been a first-round pick. And then he talks about getting to the NFL and having no confidence when his entire life, all he had to rely on was his own confidence, his knowledge in himself that he knew what to do, where to go. And now he didn't. Because he had never had a reason to doubt. And now he has all the reasons in the world. He's on the most hated athletes in America list. He's just getting roasted online constantly. This kid's 22. Slides to the second round. Shows up is never the same. And then he talks about how like after when he moved to the Saints, he was like he felt more comfortable in himself. But he's out of the league now. He'd still be playing. I I feel it. Because he was so good. There was it was undeniable. I, I really think that. Um, They tried to show the national title game and be like, Manti fell off, all this crushed under him at the highest moment, and that's bullshit. I will say that's the thing that this episode gets wrong the most. Like, sure, he missed a big tackle at the beginning, and I'm sure some plays otherwise, they got smoked, man. Like, they had no chance in that game. Even if he played great, uh, they weren't scoring, you know? The offense was done. They had no chance. That was a very heartbreaking game to watch, but, I mean, uh, Manti not being the same, that's the one thing where it's just like there was nothing anyone on that team could have done differently that would have won them that game. They were playing an NFL team. I mean, it, it just wasn't feasible even. Yeah, I don't know. It just really arced me. The way they're like, we got to give her equal screen time to Manti Teo. We got to tell her story. And that's the problem. I don't want to know her story. Tell me her side about just this stuff. I don't care about your childhood. Your parents wanted you to play football and you didn't want to play football. Boo hoo. Again, like why are you trying to make me sympathize for this person this person deserves no sympathy they should be painted in a very negative light throughout this entire documentary you know what I mean of course they were and she talked about like her appearance on Dr. Phil was like smiling and laughing she's like oh Dr. Phil you're crazy and it's like you weren't on there for fun You weren't on there because you're a celebrity. Like, you were on there because you're a fucking psycho. And, like, everybody involved was like, yeah, the phone calls were pretty crazy. I'd get a call from a dude who passes the phone to a chick who then passes the phone to the girlfriend. And they all definitely had different voices. And she's like, yeah, I had no help the whole time. That was just me. And it's like, what the fuck? And... One of the one of his friends was also being interviewed. Had a great point. He's like, Some, somebody at Disney better hire this bitch. <laughs> like her voice work is unbelievable." And it's true. I'll give the credit there. I'll give the credit there. Watching them go behind a curtain and just do this female voice. I mean, listen. Like I can get to a higher tone. I get to kind of. I kind of do something like this. You know, well, that's not a character. You might not know it's me, but you know it's not a woman. Or not a you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not what you're looking for. <laughs> um I would say watch this doc, but let me like let me know what you think. Because I just found it so egregious the liberties that they give this person to be like I'm a person too. It's like, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) You ruined his life. You cost him millions of dollars. You shot his confidence that in turn probably cost him millions of dollars in the future. Like, not only did he slide in the draft, he also, like, didn't really do shit. So he didn't really make anything on that next contract. And he's not playing anymore, which maybe he still could be. It's just very frustrating he was briefly on the bears also I was excited about that uh nothing came of it (laughs) so I will say also though Manti you look phenomenal with a beard you had those chubby baby cheeks I'm sure that wasn't easy uh beard looks great you should be on television in general so hope things work out for Manti Teo but uh yeah And I mean, okay, the one more thing I will say, like, just no matter what, again, I want to reiterate, you know, pretty easy to just not date somebody online. You know? Overall, that part of it, definitely still on him. Let's just be clear. But, uh, yeah, just very unfortunate. I will say, though, the one other thing, too, with the death... Maybe could have looked into that and figured that out quicker, that there were no records. But again, you get the call from who you believe is her cousin. You've spent all these hours talking to all these people, getting to know all these profiles and phones and voices. So you're like, what, am I going to look up her death certificate? I'm going to look up her, maybe you look up her obituary, I don't know. But, you know. Somebody probably should have looked into that Like Weren't his parents supposedly like Living near there or they lived in Hawaii And she lived in LA I don't know The point is at some point Somebody should have made an effort to see Somebody You know Like she said she had leukemia And that was her like oh I don't want you to see me Like this That's all you need though that's the only excuse If your girl has leukemia and she's like, don't see me in the hospital, you're going to actually not go see her in the hospital. That's like, you're kind of a dick, (laughs) you know, realistically. So, I mean, both sides are at fault, but it's, again, like 90% that dumb bitch's fault. Very upsetting. The last, like, 20 minutes, your blood will be boiling. So, (laughs) go enjoy. Um, I want to check out the And One doc next because I fucking loved And One, and I'm sad that it didn't hold up, but also, you know, checks out. All right. All right. Last thing for today. I want to do a full NFL preview. That'll either be next week or the week after. I feel like the closer to the season, the better, but I've been kind of just itching to talk football. So keep an eye out for that. But I want to at least talk the Bears because there's a lot of nefarious activity going on with the Chicago Bears. I feel as though which is typically the case, they are being disrespected simply because this is kind of an indictment in what happens to the Bears normally, but also the direction that NFL conversations have gone lately, really conversations in all sports to where it is just so insane to me that if every player at every position on your team isn't one of the best players in the league that your team is failing somehow. Where if you're not in the top ten, what are you doing? Blow everything up. Blah, blah, blah. Right? Where it's rebuild. You're either rebuilding or you're a title contender. Those are the only two options according to sports writers now. Why should you try if your team's roster on paper isn't amazing? That's all silly. Okay, number 1. Number 2, they're actually in a rebuild. So it's weird to say that they should be rebuilding and then criticize them for rebuilding. Right? It's like, "Oh, well they should have done more. They should have signed more offensive linemen." They signed like 20 offensive linemen. Okay? I've been I've never been more in touch with what's going on at training camp than I am this year. Um, because I think that this coaching staff and this front office is actually very competent and that they're doing good things and this team is going to be good. Well, it's going to be better than expected and is on track to being good soon. Okay. Number one, let's just talk about the Roquan Smith situation. Roquan Smith, I, my initial thought was just pay him whatever he wants. I don't care. Just do it. He's amazing. Let's keep him. My thoughts have changed. Number one, he is by far the best player on the entire team from what we've seen so far, certainly on the defense. The defense has sucked with him the whole time. You know? Or I mean, his rookie year, I guess they were good, you know? But they were, what, like 24th last year? So, what is he doing that's so significant do you know what i'm saying like when brian urlacher would miss a game and that defense was still great they would play a lot worse as a unit he was great truly great um now he's a middle linebacker that's obviously different the point is he's just not making a difference not enough of one his numbers are great. He's a tackling machine. He can run sideline to sideline like anybody, chase people down. Um, it's not doing enough overall, and the roster around him isn't great. You know, I understand that. But if you were to get two first-round picks for him, you take that and just draft another linebacker with one of them. You know? Because gonna they're, if, if they're going to suck anyway, right, which everybody's saying, oh, they didn't do enough. They didn't spend enough money this year. The team's going to be terrible. But then those same people are saying, you got to extend Roquan. How could you be handling this situation so poorly? It's like, well, if you're saying the team's going to have the worst defense in the NFL, why do they need to keep him? Oh, we're going to go from the worst defense in the NFL to first in one offseason because we have a bunch of cap space. Like that's not that's just not how it works. You know, it's not the NBA. You can't sign three guys and your entire roster changes. That's just not a thing. And there are no players that are gonna come here and completely transform this defense overnight. You do that through the draft, which we did. And the two rookies are poised to start right away, and they're gonna be great. And again, For the offensive line, were we supposed to sign Teron Armstead, pay him $90 million a year, then we'd have a great left tackle, the rest of the line would suck, and what would be accomplished? Right? Oh, they didn't sign any big-name receivers. It's like, what, we were supposed to trade four first-rounders for Tyreek Hill and give him $200 million? It's just like, those aren't the moves we're trying to make. We're trying to build a team, not have stars, Okay? And look, I think they could go five well, there's no five hundred, but they could win seven to nine games. Like, why not? They're playing really well, disciplined, they have talent. You know? And the irony goes deeper because I saw this thing that was like the Bears have only signed guys like Byron Pringle and Equiminius St. Brown, these role guys. They're not making a splashy name. And then they're like, but here's a dark horse guy that they could sign. And it was like Darius Slayton from the Giants. And the thing is like, well, his production wasn't that great. And then they list out the numbers and they're basically Byron Pringle stats. And they're like, but he could maybe make a difference in Chicago. And it's like, so you're criticizing them for signing a guy just like the guy you want them to sign But somehow if they signed this guy because you wrote this article, it would be a smart move. Like, you're a fucking moron. They're already doing it. They're signing guys to fill roles. And look, if the offensive line is still a disaster, I will fully 100% be upset. Excuse me for having confidence in a coaching staff and a new front office. They seem to have been making only great decisions. I thought not drafting a receiver early was bad. They got Valus Jones. The more I read about Valus Jones, it was a brilliant decision. The biggest criticism about Valus Jones is that he's, quote, too old. He's 25. What does that even mean? You know? A lot of receivers are retired by 27. Not because they're too old. Because they weren't very good. It doesn't matter what year you start. You know? Fuck oh, but then you won't be able to have a play for 15 years. It's like, is your expectation for every player to be your franchise guy for fucking two decades? Or how about we have a really fast wide receiver? You know? It's just like, all these moves are fine. They're totally fine. And then when it seemed like they didn't do enough on the offensive line, they signed more veterans, more veterans. They're moving guys around. They're actually trying. Matt Nagy never tried anything. He just didn't. And I don't know why. I really don't. He didn't try combinations. He didn't try new blocking schemes. He didn't try to do anything to the offense to suit the people that they have. They're doing that this year. You know what I mean? So it's like a great case would be again, more wins would be ideal, but maybe not for the draft picks, is that we're like the Lions, where it's like, oh, we're in every game, we're competitive, maybe we just can't win. Which would be great, because then we can build confidence, Justin Fields maybe won't get his fucking ass kicked, let's say, and then you still end up with a high draft pick. We finally have a first-round pick again, and then we have a ton of money, and next year is really when we're going to see what's actually happening. But my point is, there not doing nothing. They're rated as somehow the worst offense and the worst defense in the NFL, but it's only because they didn't make splashy moves, but they won't be the worst team in the NFL. I mean, look at the names of the guys that left, right? We lost Mitch, Nick Foles, ooh, we lost Khalil Mack, guess what? He didn't do shit last year. Like, Oh, we're going to have less pressures? Guess what? Didn't matter. The secondary was horrible. Now the secondary's better. I will say that is the weakest part of the team, is the D front line. But from what I'm hearing about the offensive line, it's like these combinations are working out. There's young guys in there who are playing really well. They're going to start a fifth-round pick at left tackle. Typically a bad sign, but I believe that oh, we actually drafted a guy who's like a great talent and everybody missed it. Like, why is there never that perspective of like, hey, maybe they're fucking onto something here. It's just like, nope, that's not a name that I decided that I like, you know? So I'm going to just destroy everything that happens. And like, it, it was evident in the pre preseason game against the Seahawks. They're destroying the seahawks starters backups whatever and the whole time they're like seahawks gonna seattle's gonna be great this year man the bears are gonna be terrible and it's like well i understand that the results of preseason games don't mean anything but it's like if you look on the field and the reserves are destroying the reserves and the starters are destroying the starters it's like if we're that bad their backups should be beating our backups now again I, I get it it's still just like a scrimmage but to play well-coached ball with your reserve units and guys that won't even make the fucking team, I mean, seems like you're doing something really well. And Iberfou seems like a smart guy. He seems like he knows what he's doing. Same with Getsy All these people all across the league are just being praised by everybody, yet somehow all their moves and everybody on the team is terrible. And... Oh, Poles was getting trashed for how he was handling Roquan. But then Roquan was just like, all right, I guess I got to play. None of this worked. And everybody's like, man, Ryan Poles really handled that like a champ. And some people are still criticizing it. They're like, how could a deal not have gotten done? And it's like, well, uh, he's going to play out this season and then we can franchise him. And then we can franchise him again. If it really came down to it that bad, like... He doesn't have leverage in this situation, so stop giving him the leverage. And it worked out great. You know what I'm saying? Look, I, I just think we've never had a guy like Justin Fields. It the, was the smartest draft pick for the offense that this team has made in my entire life. Like, Literally. There has never been a guy this touted or highly valued ever that has been drafted to this team. That alone should give everybody all this optimism. And all you hear about is how hard he works and how much he's putting in on the footwork and all this, and how, like, Mooney has become unbelievable. Like, these guys are working their ass off to become great. And I never heard a thing about that about anybody else. And look, the Mitch thing. Look, Nagy was probably a big factor, but he also sucks. It's both. And last year like he just Justin was just not put in a position to do well. And this year they're doing that. Everything is schemed around him. The entire goal is how do we make this hyper what Justin needs to succeed? How do we develop this into something? And I think that that's what you need to do. There's great personnel in the coaching staff. And I think that they're doing the right things. And I think they still might suck. Like, their record still might be bad, but I don't think that it's going to be a disaster. Like, I don't think they're going to get destroyed in every game like everybody's making it out to be. Because the whole thing is just on paper. There's nothing in all of these reports, quote-unquote reports, they're articles where people are just trashing them. They're like, their offensive line's going to be the worst, the defensive line's going to be the worst, their secondary's going to be the worst. It's like, why is our secondary going to be the worst? The rookies are going to be day one starters. That means they're good. I get it. It could just mean that players we already have suck so that's why but that's not the case they'd be starting everywhere you know so the secondary won't suck is the receiving core going to be like amazing no but Allen robinson sucked last year okay mooney was great he's gonna step up cole comet got better he's gonna step up Byron Pringle is not terrible. Like, I just don't understand where this logic is that he's, like, awful because he was the fourth option on the Chiefs who had great options. You know? We also have great blocking receivers now, so the run game is going to be stronger. There's just a lot of factors at play that are being overlooked and not discussed. And look, I understand they still might be awful, Record-wise, I'm just saying your expectations should be higher than what is being presented out there. Okay? Thanks for tuning in. It's a ranty one today. When isn't it, though? Am I right, everybody? <laughs> um, rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. Apple, Spotify, everywhere, you name it. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out the merch check out the music. Everything is linked in the description below. Check out all the stuff. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, full NFL preview either next week or the week after. We'll see what shakes out. Hopefully I can fucking track down Better Call Saul episodes and get to that as well. All right. I'm going to get out of here. But remember, I are fat. You are fat. We are fat. Calculator.